I can hear myself, like, talking. It's kind of weird. <coughs> Welcome to my world. I hear you talking all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> Fuck you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 154, I think. I'm your host, Jim Sterling, and I'm joined by Tara Long. Hello. And his apparently long-suffering partner, Max Scoville. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm... I referred to you as a his. I'm sorry, Tara. Wow. Great start yeah, we're already, guys. Yeah, awesome start, yeah. I got the, I got the diseases. I got, I got a virus for the, for the computer games. Just stop. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, Max Scoville's got a case of the body bads. Uh, what is that obnoxious noise? I'm sorry, that's me eating chocolate chips out of the bag. I'll close it now. I didn't eating. realize it was me. Um, Did you bring enough for the rest of us? I hope you plan to share. If you want to come over, you are more than welcome. Spit it out in my hand. Oh. Shit, now it melted in my hand. This sucks. <laughs> right. I don't know what you want me to do here. I don't know what you want me to do now after let's, this. Uh, let's do video games of the week, I guess. Yeah, let's do video games of the week. Thank you. At least someone's on the ball. The person eating chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, games of the week, then. Tara, what have you been playing? All I've been playing since I got back from E3 is L.A. Noire, which isn't that exciting to talk about, I guess, since you've already finished it. But I'm um, about halfway through Homicide right now. I'm digging it. I started getting a little bit bored yesterday. I played it for like, not yesterday, the day before. Played it for like eight hours or something ridiculous. Because um, a lot of the cases, they kind of start to look the same after a while. Is that just me? No, I can understand that. Like, especially during homicide, it's all like drunk chicks stumbling into roads and like getting killed by rapists or something. Anyway, um, that's what I've been doing. That's a delightful oversimplification of any last plot. That's the killer's M.O. He he hated drunk chicks, because they're annoying. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the homicide is, I mean, serial killers always follow a set pattern. The only trouble is, is while that's always interesting in real life, in a video game it doesn't work so well. And I actually thought homicide was, of the desks, the weakest one, despite homicide usually being where all the juicy, interesting stuff happens. Yeah, I can kind of agree with you on that one, though I haven't made it to... Vice or Arson yet, I don't think. Mm, those desks are pretty cool. Um, arson is where sort of the, the plot really ties together. I actually found Traffic the best one just because they made, I guess because of the mundanity of the actual desk, they made the cases themselves really quite interesting. Yeah, I agree, but, but then somebody asked me like yesterday, what's your favorite case so far? And I couldn't even like think of a single one off the top of my head that really stood out. Hmm. I, so, I like the the fraud one with the pig. That was good. Yeah, that was my favorite one as well. Because uh, it mostly because it was more interesting than the others. Like it was, it was unique in okay. sort of what happened and the results of the of the case. Because everything else was kind of you know kind of formulaic. I liked all the cases, but I can see where you're saying about them sort of feeling the same the whole time. Well, that like everybody lies for some reason. Even people who like aren't involved with the murder. Like, they didn't murder the person. They still lie about everything. Which seems strange to me. 
that like even a bartender who has no connection to the murder whatsoever wouldn't want to divulge information, you know, if it was about like a woman who came into his bar regularly. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I see what you mean. It's, it's but I'm sure that's something that's done for like the sake of the game. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you just have to like suspend disbelief in order for the video game to kind of be a video game, I guess. It's to have that challenge there. I'm so yeah. over that game. Like I really liked it at first, and I just I just completely lost interest. Um, I think I think it's because it feels like being in a in a special ed class, and that there are no wrong answers. Because obviously it changes the outcome of the story. But I just drive along on the sidewalk, and I go through interrogations, and I just accuse everybody of doing everything, and <laughs> the outcome of that is nothing. Nothing different happens. I mean, maybe it happens yeah. differently, but I I just get yelled at by the chief, and then I get a chance to prove myself right, and it's just. You know, it's like being trapped in a world run by retards. It's just... Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday, how it seems like even if you don't answer questions incorrectly, I mean, you still get promoted. You know, there are still the same amount of cases. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Because I used to, like, when I first started playing, I really sucked at investigations, and now I've gotten a lot better just because I kind of understand, you know, how it works. But I think before I was just pressing buttons... I think it's a um, it's a Kirby's Epic Yarn situation again, where the idea is to um, the challenge is only there if you implement it yourself. Um, mm. You know, I, I challenged myself to be the best detective I could be during each case. So when I failed, when I got a question wrong, I felt pretty damn bad about it, and then sort of resolved to, to get better. Um, I mean, it's one of those games where the challenge is not forced upon you, and you have to do a bit of legwork yourself to to get some satisfaction out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's how I've defended uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn to people. They're all like, well, you can't die. And I'm like, well, no, but death isn't the be-all and end-all of a challenge in a video game. Um, right. And one of the biggest challenges I actually found with Epic Yarn was to find that challenge, um, to put it incredibly pretentiously. But, you know, you see what I mean? Like, these games, that, the Undergarden as well, you can't die in the Undergarden. Um, you just collect, like, little flowers and, and go through this really pretty sort of underwater garden kind of thing. Um, but again, the challenge is, is setting it, setting your own tasks and completing them and, and oh. resolving to, like, you know, play Epic Yarn and not get hit and, and get the, the best score you can. And that actually becomes quite difficult. And the same can be said about Ain One. No, you you can't explicitly fail a case, but there are degrees of failure within the parameters set for you. Yeah. I've racked up at least $1,000 in vehicle damage in every that's case nothing. I've done. <laughs> hey, for the 40s, that's quite a bit. I've also Those killed cars a few are people, sturdy but... as shit, and the people have such quick reflexes. Yeah, they really do. It's probably from all the scotch. They just Everyone was just drinking constantly back then. They were drinking and smoking. It was a better time for everyone. Babies were at it. Babies with big cigars. Yep. <laughs> that was, oh, better times. More innocent times. Simpler kids could times. go. Yeah, simpler times. Kids could go out and play on the street without getting pedophiled. It was a good time for all. <laughs> and then, then that MTV came along. And babies can't <laughs> smoke anymore. That was fucking women's rights. And uh, the, the rap music. Why I oughta... Uh, Max, what have you been playing this week, babe? Uh, Let's see. I have been playing a numerous Kinect titles at the E3 convention. Um, 
but in addition to that, um, I've been I've been playing Zelda: The Minish Cap for my Game Boy Advance because I've decided to get back into old Zelda games. Um, I I've, I've been on this kind of constant quest to get my girlfriend interested in video games, just so that when I'm playing video games, she's not like, "Pay attention to me," and so she's doing something of her own. And this has resulted in her um, deciding to play every um, handheld Zelda game possible, starting with, um, you know, Link to the Past, and she she plowed through that, and then picked up Minish Cap, and then beat that. And I figured I'd replay it again. Um, and also, one of our one of our community members sent us a care package which had Boktai in it. Um, this was DJ Kirschman. He sent us a bunch of random shit, and then uh, Boktai is this old uh, Game Boy Advance game where you fight vampires, but the cartridge has a light sensor in it. So you have to be outside in the sunshine to charge up your sunshine gun for killing vampires. Hmm. Which is great. I remember the one, yeah. I yeah. definitely remember it. It's a really cool idea, except, like, you can't play it at night, which sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm on, like, the first mission. I still haven't killed, like, the, the tutorial vampire cool. because I can't get any sunshine. Oh, hello. Oh, speaking I... of sunshine, here's my favorite ray of. Aww. I'm uh I, I can only sort of hear you. I've got a I can only sort of hear you. I just found oh. the headset. I'm twisting it. No, I just got your email. Oh yeah, I got it. I found the drawers. Excellent. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good. We're just talking about our games of the week. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Well, also also uh one game. I found this on uh Xbox Live in the game arcade cabinet, whatever. Um uh-huh. it's called The Adventures of Captain Becky. Right. Oh, okay. It costs a dollar, and it's one of the worst games I've ever, ever played. <laughs> like, Jim, you would have a field day with it, because you play as this, like, a little bit little bit paunchy pirate girl in a bikini top and some Daisy Duke cutoffs. I'm coming already? <laughs> and you have, a, you have a, a mace, and you go around and you smash blocks, and the sound effects in this game are just so incredibly bad. Like, when you fall over, it sounds like like fat dead people having sex and shitting at the same time. <laughs> and, like, when you break the blocks, it sounds like, uh, I don't know, it sounds like the apocalypse being played through a dead cat. It's just, it's the most horrendous game. <laughs> played like a, like the dead cat as an instrument? Like a, like a bagpipe, but a dead cat, you know? <laughs> dead cat pipe. Yeah, yeah it's sense. it's fucking incredibly bad, and I really I really want to do something on it because it, I yeah, it's it's painful. I don't know why I have it. I think it was Captain Becky, The Adventures of Captain Becky. Yeah, look that up on YouTube. It sounds terrible. Yeah, no, so it's like a game name. that you would make, Tara. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> well, have you seen this? There's this other game, Xbox Live. I can't remember the name of it. It's got the word office in it, and we randomly stumbled upon it, um, like, searching through, I think, the indie games on Xbox, and um, it's really weird. I can't even describe it. Really? It sounds good. I can't think of the name of it, though, like, the exact name. I just know it's got the word office in it. It's not like the office suicide. It's just like, it's like a guy falling from a building... Kind of, it's kind of like a vertical platformer, I guess. And um, there's just like office gossip people are saying in the background. And it, I think it's supposed to be a metaphor for like our busy lives or something. But it's just stupid. God, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. 
it actually got rated like I think two to three stars, which was surprising considering how awful it was. Hmm. Well, if only like his three friends rated it and they gave it three stars. Yeah. That's well, true. I think it had like over a hundred reviews though. Maybe it, oh, wow. it might have ended up on like some indie like indie game blog where they sat there and sat back and thought, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> oh, I am drinking some port and playing video games. <laughs> They, they like games that are fucking shit. Really, <laughs> the people that like artistic video games. I'm not, you know, I'm not one to stereotype, but everyone who likes artistic games <laughs> like shit. Yeah, you like some artistic games, though, if you want to call them that. Like oh, oh, I lo- I love all games that speak about the human condition. Mm. I watched American Beauty three times. <laughs> Isn't it weird that that subculture has popped up? There was none of that when I was growing up. Fucking the subhuman idea. culture. Whoa! Oh! <laughs> I'm not I, sick of doing I, that. I was like avoiding Braid for the longest time, and everyone was like, you got to play it, it's so smart. And I picked it up, and I was like, it made me want to play Gears of War. Like, <laughs> I was just like, this is this is what people were like stoked on. Like, I mean, the, the gameplay mechanic was sort of neat, but like it was hideous. And it had a lot of weird, like, it was like playing a live journal. It was fucking terrible. It was like a guy talking about his girlfriend. What the fuck's uh, going on here? I'm going to have to have a word with Epic, get them to put it on the back of the box. Not Braid. Max Scope. I like Braid. I like Braid. Um, because even though it's got that kind of artsy fartsy shit in it, as a video game, it's still pretty fun. Yeah, it's a well-made game. It's got game. some really clever mechanics in it and, and all that kind of business. Um, not so much fond of the, the whole nuclear bomb thing. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if your video game needs an analogy... Well, this goes for any kind of art. If you if it needs an, a, a long, detailed essay analyzing what you were trying to say, you've pretty much failed. Because, mm. you know, it's not enough to just do something that only you get. I, I think, anyway, unless you're just trying to amuse yourself. But if you're putting it up there for everyone else to appreciate, I'd say have the good common grace to let them know what the fuck it's about within the context of the actual thing itself. Um, but I think that's how a lot of these artistic games get away with it. You get something like The Path, which I always um, pick on, but it's a perfect example. That game that says, walk along the path, do not stray from the path in capital letters. And if you walk along the path, you lose the game. Because the idea was to break convention and go off the path. (laughs) Where you're treated to things like a guy with a cigarette who it's heavily implied he date rapes the character. um, And like... An empty stage and a piano in the middle of a fucking forest. Oh, look at me, I'm so vague, that means I'm deep. Oh, please care, girls, please have sex with me, care. I think, I think the best way to, to deal with that kind of pretension is just to um, to review it as straightforwardly as possible and try and play it, play it as it instructs you to play it and then just say that it's broken. Yes. Like, yeah, I stayed on the path, I kept dying, I don't know. Not a good, not a fun game. Totally agree with that. <laughs> because they try and get out of that. Like, the, the people who made the path, they're like, oh, well, it's not a game. It's interact. <clears throat> it's interactive <laughs> art. Don't sell it on fucking Steam, then! 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Oh, it's a, that's a for sale game? <laughs> yeah, Jesus yeah. That's a for sale game for money? Yeah, like five or ten bucks, I don't know. It's like they should be paying me to play this fucking shit. I got it for free on my review account, and I feel cheated out of money. So, you know, I'm an important man. My time is money. They owe me, like, $50. So, fuck them. What's that, what's that game where you... You go to a dinner at your friend's house, and then you have to, like, marriage counsel them. What? Have you played that game? No. That sounds it's utterly fucking... retarded. Um, hold on, let me find out what it's called. Uh, it was like a, not an artsy game, but, um... Okay, it's called Facade. Um, and it's, you basically, it's it's not, I mean, there's actually something to it. It's sort of a text adventure, but you you're at... It's like a first-person marriage counselor sim, sort of. You're like at your friend's house, and they're and they just start arguing, and then you just you type different stuff, and it, it actually is really good at like recognizing what you're saying. Um, I haven't played it personally, but there's probably the best let's play video I've ever seen on YouTube, where this guy just pretends he's Genghis Khan, <laughs> and they're like they're like, "Can we get you a drink?" And he's like, "I want blood," and they're like, "Oh." Okay. Well, let's show us your vacation photos. You'll never guess where you were. And, like, before they're done saying it, he just types in Italy. And, like, <laughs> the guy's obviously played it before, so he's kind of doing a speed run. But as Genghis Khan, it's just type in Genghis Khan marriage, marriage counselor, and it's, you'll see it. I actually, I actually know the guy who made it. He's, um, he teaches at Santa Cruz. And it's, it's a trip. It's, I wouldn't call it one of those artsy games. I'd call it one of those, like, cerebral intellectual yeah. games. But, yeah. I've got no problem with that. Like, someone who's trying something new and, and interesting, fair play to them. They gave it a go. It's those people that deliberately try and be obfuscating and vague um, in an attempt, in a, what I think is a very cynical attempt to look deep and interesting. Um, but if you genuinely have a nice idea and you want to experiment, that's fine. Um, if the experiment turns out to be shit, don't sell it to me for ten bucks. I will ask that. But, yeah, i got no problem what, with that. What did you think of the marriage? Oh. Do you hate that? Oh, oh Max Scoville. Oh, Max. Um, and it's a shame because I actually like Rod Humble, the guy who made it. He's a fucking... He's a hilarious guy. We actually talked about the marriage on an old pod toy many years ago in which oh, I God. said that Rod Humble and people like him um, eat cheese all the time, drink wine, and wear scarves indoors. And he posted in the comments of that episode of himself in his office wearing a scarf and looking as pretentious as he could. Nice. And, uh, just, very classy man, but the marriage is awful as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I'm fairly certain that he, I, I heard on the internet that he actually lives in a cabin that he built himself out of logs, and he only rides his bike into town when he has to upload his new computer game to the internet. <laughs> And his, all his, all his like, all his sundried, you know, dried, dried grains and everything he can't sustain himself on is is paid for with his PayPal donations. And he and his family just ride around in bikes wearing home woven clothes. I don't know. I if can't that's tell if you're. I can't tell if you're being serious. That's what or my not. friend told me. I'm serious. That's what I heard. Well, I, I don't know about that, because the guy uh, works, or at least worked at EA as well. Like he, the guy works on The Sims. Wow. It's a, you couldn't get more different. <laughs> this guy making these really sort of waffly sort of art games, and then he goes off and makes, you know, Dakamugi, la 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 la, or ha 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 ha, let's have sex now. That's the Sims, <laughs> by the way. 
So there we go. Jonathan Holmes dropped like 10... Oh no, there he's, he's coming back. Let me try calling, calling him again. Um, That's what that noise was. Yeah. While I do that, I'll talk about my games of the week. I played Ocarina of Time 3D on the 3DS, which I'm trying to power through for a review tomorrow, or today by the time you're hearing this. Might be already up. Um, lovely. I, I, it's hard to review that one because what can you say? Because for the most part, it's fucking Ocarina of Time. Um, everyone knows whether they love it or not. But looks good. The, the graphic enhancements they made, I think, were really good. Um, the 3D is, you know, it's the 3DS. It's, it looks pretty 3D. Um, my mum' major problem is the fact that the when you use the slingshot, bow and arrow, all that stuff, you can use the gyroscope, and that that doesn't work with the 3D. It trusts Nintendo to have these two big, toutable features that don't work together. Um, so th- th- that's just typical Nintendo. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I just keep sliding the slider down and aiming because it's a lot more precise to use the gyroscope. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a cool game. I think it's going to sell well. People are going to people who like Ocarina are going to really like this. It's I would go as far as to say it's the definitive version just because it looks so much better. And I know the graphics, uh, the N64 graphics on the original, are a huge reason why people don't play Ocarina of Time anymore. I've, so many people have said to me, I loved Ocarina when it was out. Can't go back and play it anymore because it's hideous. And these, oh. these graphics will definitely bring people back to that. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I like Ocarina of Time. It is good, so you can get it if you want. <laughs> I heard it's already sold out all over the place. And sorry, I disappeared. My computer suddenly was like, hey, remember that time I told you I was going to shut down? Yeah, I'm just going to do that <laughs> now. Oh, just shut down suddenly without telling me. You know, sorry about that. Yeah, I've heard it's sold out already. They started selling it early at Target and uh, a couple of other stores, and it's already gone. Oh, I'm not huh. surprised. I mean, I think people still have – people still fucking love that game. I'm shocked. I mean, it's it was released on the GameCube – think twice it was re-released twice there and it's on the virtual console yeah and yet people are ready to buy it a fourth time i think last five years ocarina of time has this this hold on a gamer um i I can't pretend i'm better than those idiots buying it again because (laughs) if i hadn't have got it for review i'd have rushed out tomorrow and well the next week and bought it myself because i fucking love ocarina of time um great great fucking game how's the uh the music Oh, I fucked up is that right? That's <laughs> not. No, I mean you're. Young. I just I never I never had the chance. I I you know I've, I've been either <clears throat> broke as a child and didn't have an N sixty four or like nowadays like broke and don't have a Nintendo console. So sure, I, I should play it. One of, one of my first like serious arguments I had with my girlfriend was whether or not I was a pussy for not having ever beaten the Water Temple. And I believe I said, shut the fuck up, woman. You've never touched Link of the Past. Link to the Past. And so. Uh, she never touched it? She should touch it. I made her, I made her beat it. She, she fucking powered through it. She did fine. Oh, good for her. Yeah, you missed that part. We were, so we were talking about how she's, like, my, my girlfriend's playing more video games than I am these days. Because I've just been blowing my nose into Kleenex instead. Aw, you sound, yeah, you do sound a little under the weather. I, that... I feel, I feel gross, but. Aw, I'm sorry. got the old consoles. Oh, sure. Yeah. I really want to play Wind Waker. Because I love how Wind Waker looks. Oh, yeah. Have right. you never played Wind Waker? I played, like, a little bit, but not... Oh, know, not definitely. Like... Mm. I mean, I, it is regarded by people that don't want to, like, follow the crowd as the best Legend of Zelda. And yeah. I'm inclined to agree with them, because Wind Waker is just... 
It's the most charming game I've ever played. Really? There's no other way of describing it. it. It it exudes charm at every moment. And there is a French man who you play Battleship with, and he goes, Esplish! <laughs> yeah, he's great. Oh my God. Yeah, he's, he's good stuff. Yeah. I, I would say at its best, Wind Waker is the best. But at its worst, it's also the worst. When you're just like looking for the you know that easter egg hunt at the end when you're just looking at an ocean mm. for like a half hour yeah nothing. there's a lot of, of running around doing nothing in it um, yeah right at the end it especially gets bad because i think I just, they yeah I, I think that zelda games should be cute and i really like that wind waker managed to stay cute oh yeah absolutely i've always um been confused that people want adult link in their games because adult link is just a generic lord of the rings type dude yeah, whereas if you kid want to- link yeah. If you want adult link, just play fucking Elder Scrolls. Like exactly, you want, like exactly. a grown up open world game with swords and magic. Then you know there's well, it's I, out there. I think there's this misconception that that there's ever been a darker link, um, mm. and that mm. led to Twilight Princess, which I thought was a very good game, but it did go in that kind of darker direction because everyone sure. was like, "We want a darker link, like in Ocarina of Time." The Ocarina of Time isn't that dark. Like it gets fucking dark halfway through. Which sure. I think is really, like, effectively done. Um, but the, the beginning is, again, it's pretty fucking charming, and, and Young Link is, is adorable, and the characters are pretty funny in a very weird, quirky way. Uh, yeah. And that made the, the darker stuff, when, once Ganon sort of takes over, even worse, like, even scarier and more dreadful. Um, because the game, the, the world of Ocarina of Time at the start and, and for half at least half the game isn't that dark yeah your your big enemy is like a, a cute little octopus with a leaf on its head who shoots nuts at you that's like <laughs> as scary as yeah, it gets i mean the game was still funny and charming um i think majora's mask just was just terrifying oh um, i love that game it's so so scaldingly like uh, disturbing but yeah, but but even at the same time, even when at its darkest, there was still this charm and this cuteness to it. And oh, I think sure. people forget that, and that's what led to Twilight Princess. Which, again, as I say, I like Twilight Princess a lot. I think it gets an unfair rap, but Nintendo catered to a crowd that I don't think knew really what Zelda has, has ever been about. Right, um, and then they en- didn't end up liking it because what they thought they wanted. Yeah. Once they got it, they were like, oh, no, actually, I just want Ocarina of Time again. Yeah, pretty And much. now they're getting well, it. Even, yeah. even Ocarina is too dark. I just, I don't like that it's, I, I'm, I'm curious about the new one because it looks like they've kept things a little bit more colorful and I never like the muddy textures. Mm, um, mm-hmm. the, thing, sure. the thing that I love about classic Zelda is that no matter what you're fighting, it could be a giant spider, it still looks like a fruit snack. Like everything <laughs> in that game looks like adorable candy. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's like Hyrule is like is such a perfect like example of escapism. It's a little bit more realistic than you know than Mario's world, but it's it's not trying to be like dark or suspenseful like like the stuff in Metroid. It's just I think it's kind of a happy medium. It's very simple. Like you're saving the princess, and this this little <laughs> octopus with a leaf on his head is going to shoot nuts <laughs> at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, and this is true for Nintendo in general. When they're really doing what they do best, it's a little bit Muppets mixed with a little bit, um, you know, classic fantasy uh, conventions like that. Yeah. I will say this, though. The amount of time people slag off Zelda for being the same game every time, and just look at the discussion we've had on how different they are. 
Oh yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And when uh, and Skyward Sword's going to be really different. I still can't get over that hard gay boss you fight. Like, <laughs> I don't have seen him. Like, and he, he puts his face right up in there, and yeah, you'll have hard to gay boss. <laughs> yeah, he's like a badass, but he's he does look amazing. Does yeah, he does Maybe. look like he fell out of the back of a Final Fantasy VII uh, truck. Oh God. Like, he, he got lost good- on his way to the Square Enix auditions. <laughs> but a little a little bit more, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's creepier, maybe just juxtaposed against Zelda. Does that I, make think, sense? I think that's what Zelda does best. They take some dark things in, in all their games, and they take some odd and creepy things and put them against this rather innocent fantasy backdrop, and it just makes it so much worse and more effective. Yeah, what was that thing in Twilight Princess? The, like, Okoko, which is like a bald man with boobs and a bird body who just shows up and he's like, oh, hi. You're oh, like, no, oh, those <laughs> things. What are you doing in this game? It's like, oh, no, well, I mean, the, the, collect me. the bug princess was the worst part. Oh, of yeah, story. she's awesome. I know you have bugs. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about Zelda is it has the autism of Pokemon, but with more violence. So, well, like, like, you're going around, you're, like, walking into this shop, and you're, like, just breaking fucking everything in the shop, and then you go up to the shopkeeper, and he's like, Hello! My dog is in the corner. Will you feed him? You can have a bottle if you do, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, they're all something, yeah, There's, like, fucking yeah. giant, like, wild boars running around with halberds in, like, a field, and they're like, We have to finish building this bridge! The boss sure is a hard worker. You know, and then... Yeah. Yeah, there's an underlying innocence but there. at the oh. same time, you see all these happy, colourful characters and these funny sort of piggy men and everything, and then suddenly you'll fall down a hole and there's a big zombie there going, ah at you. And then it's like, what What has happened here? Yeah. I've been playing The Wind Waker, too. And, um, or not The Wind Waker, um, Link's Awakening. Oh, on uh, that, that shit is fucking out there. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's like Tim Burton's Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they really- have to collect the musical instruments to wake up the whale, otherwise you're stuck in this fucking island. Like, yeah, what is going on? How and then Mario enemies show up and they're just in there unexplained. And yeah, that's um, I think that was the last game that the Zelda team said that they could really do whatever they wanted without caring what the fans thought and caring about the Zelda conventions already kind of being instilled in the psyche and having to live up to those expectations. So they just went nuts, and ever since then they haven't been able to, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, Zelda. <laughs> Video game, folks. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, I also pl- I've been playing Dungeon Siege 3 as well. Um, I think hardcore RPG fans are going to fucking hate it. But, really? Yeah, because it's, it's what I would call a rather casual... Um, RPG, and by that I don't mean like Wii Sports, but it's right. it's it's a laid back game. You can just sit back, have fun, collect loads of loot. You don't have to worry about tweaking stats all the time. You don't need a spreadsheet to develop your characters. Um, and a lot of people are going to say it's been dumbed down, and the PC people are going to really despise it because it works better with a controller, and they're going to accuse the dumbing down um, as being for the quote unquote console kiddies. So uh. they're not going to like it. I've been having fun with it though, so fuck them. It's, you know, I like I like deeper RPGs um, and that kind of thing when I'm in the mood for them, but sometimes you just want to collect loot and get powerful and fight fucking goblins, and mm. Dungeon Siege does that. It's, it's very no-nonsense. It just lets you go in and 
and and fight. It's got some problems. I mean, the co-op is just a waste of fucking time. But mm. otherwise, it's it's fun. So that's me done for my games of the week. Um, so we can crack on with Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> uh, what have I played? I really want to buy Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Why? Are you kidding me? Have you played Donkey Kong on the Game Boy? Fuck it. It's why? Like I spent all fucking day looking forward to um the 3DS thing. Like, what, uh-huh. what are they going to give us? What are they going to give us? Will it be a, a Game Gear game? Will it be um like Pokemon Red or something? Sure. Donkey Kong. <laughs> But have you played it? Have oh, you played Donkey Kong? No, I'm not going to spend money on it. Well, you don't know how good it is then. I, I, I gotta tell you. I'm I hush tone. <laughs> it is the best. It may be the best handheld game with Mario in it ever. Or I'm going to buy it's, it then. <laughs> it's where. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, it's, I think, 88 levels. It's it's huge. It's not uh, they they really screwed up by just calling it Donkey Kong because people assume it's just a port of the four level Donkey Kong game from uh, the arcade. And you do play those four levels, uh, and then there's 88 levels after that, and they're incredible. It's really it's really really good. It's um it's where Mario got a lot of his moves from Mario 64, like the triple jump I think and the the backflip where he jumps higher. Those all started in this um, Donkey Kong as well. Donkey Kong. There's boss fights and stuff. It's really good. Donkey Kong. This is like Donkey Kong. It's Donkey Kong, not Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah, it's just straight up Donkey Kong. (laughs) What, old old Donkey Kong? That's a fucking grandpa game. That's a big (laughs) old game. Yeah, I'm old enough to be your preteen father, Max, so that I'm not quite grandpa level. God, that's an uncomfortable thought. I know. If I was more proactive in my 12 to 13-year-old years, you could give me my boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm, I'm like, I think, 12 years older than Max, aren't I? Or maybe close to it. Maybe How 11. old are you, Holmes? I'm going to be 35 in December. So you're 34? Yep. So you're a decade. Tara Long has just mastered math. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know, but I majored in math. Pretty proud. Yeah, you're good. You did that. You're good. I I was thinking it was nine years, but I dropped out of art school, so there's the difference there. I'll catch you. Uh, But in games I actually played, I I transferred my DSi games to the 3DS. Have you guys done that yet? I did that this weekend, yeah. Did you see the Pikmin? Yes, I did. That blew my mind. <laughs> I'm going to upload a video about it tonight. I, I like quickly grabbed a video camera and had to document it because it was so uh, such an amazing time for me. So I've been playing my DSi games now that I have them on the 3DS, like PictoBits and Cave Story, because your save games don't transfer. So I'm trying to start over on that. And I should be playing SpongeBob SquigglePants, which I just got in the mail, but I, uh, I think I'm going to find some kids to review it for me. Because I just can't bring myself to do it. Hmm. That's my story. Find yeah. some kids. Yeah, I'm just find them. <laughs> <laughs> you just know, found kids. This, is a... I just got this image of a hand sort of behind this <laughs> creaking door, just beckoning them in, waving a 3ds. <laughs> it's actually for the Wii, so that'll be even oh, more well, tempting there you go. to the kids. Uh, you know, Andy, the guy who. Um, 
did the video production for me at E3. Mm-hmm. He actually has like 20 nieces and nephews and they're all of different races. Like there's a blue eyed African American kid and like three Korean kids and then another kid who's like slightly orange and people don't know what Jesus where he Christ. comes from. Yeah, it's amazing. A TV, it's amazing. a TV network would kill for that much racial diversity. I know, the if they TV knew shows. about this family. He would <laughs> make a fortune. <laughs> just, just get one of each and just stick them next to a guy in a fucking dinosaur suit. He'd make a fucking million. <laughs> <laughs> but I might get all of them together to shoot like a uh, ultimate kids review of... Um, SpongeBob Squiggle Pants. Damn right, one of one of each. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how right. it works. Pick and mix. <laughs> that was me satirizing TV. Yeah, I yeah, did it. That did well. Good. So I've got a new regular section I want to do for Podtide. Okay, let's do uh-huh. it. So a new regular section. It's called Film Pitches for Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. <laughs> this is so good. Anything <laughs> creepy. Oh yeah, every week I come up with an idea for acclaimed Hollywood actor Willem Dafoe for a movie for him to star in. This week, it's a film which I've devised, I devised in an Olive Garden last night. <laughs> you mean an actual Olive Garden or the restaurant? Uh, of course a restaurant. <laughs> Stuff in their face yeah, like... full of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love Olive Garden. Yeah, it is underrated. It is pretty as good. Far, as far as, like, total bottom-of-the-barrel Italian cuisine goes, it's quite... It's the only Italian food I'll touch. I don't like proper Italian food. Yeah. It's got too much flavor. You just want the pasta. I just want... Yeah. Open. Just pasta. I just want the carbs and the cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Has spaghetti and meatballs every time, as pedestrian <laughs> as you can get. What's yeah. the Willem Dafoe movie? I want to know it. <laughs> right. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe stars in a film called The Breast Man. Willem Willem Dafoe features as a corrupt corporate CEO who wants to knock down a breast cancer ward to build a new car park. Boo. Only he wakes up one morning to discover that he has breasts. Laugh along with Willem Dafoe. So it's like the movie Big, but with breasts? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Watermelon Man. Willem Dafoe learns guy. to laugh, learns to love. Um, he gets out of scrapes with the help of his um, equally corrupt business partner, played by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. <laughs> who, you know, he's saying things like, you know, oh, we've got to lose the breasts, we're going to lose all our NASDAQ. So they get into all sorts of hilarious scrapes. Willem Dafoe, you know, finds a lump, is treated by the hospital, learns his lesson, and we all smile. Willem is there Dafoe a sim- love interest? Uh, yes. There is a love interest played by Halle Berry. She is the doctor. She is the doctor at the hospital who, of course, you know, hates him at first and then comes to love him. As she helps him get a, a boob reduction. So, so Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, at stage, realistic screen actor, legend. Realistic large breasts, I'm assuming, for a comic effect. Oh yeah, huge. It, it's it's going to get a, a, a breast exam by Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. For comic. Is she topless also? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest you. with you. I don't know if that counts as an idea. This is like because it's too this, good. This whole movie pitch, it's just 
I don't I don't know if it's an idea. I don't know what it. I, the what are you saying, it? Max? Why I'm afraid going of change. Okay, it's too <laughs> it's too much. Maybe we start small. I thought I it was going to be about Willem Dafoe owning an Olive Garden and it it gradually becoming more and more sinister. No, the breast man. Oh. The breast, the breast man. man. It's not sinister or anything. It's 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 a it's a laugh along comedy. It's a it's a yeah. rom-com. You know, look in his face. Um, imagine imagine the hilarity. It sounds a bit like shallow Hal. You know, he, he yeah, becomes it's sensitive. True. It's a feel Shouldn't... good. We, we laugh, but we learn. Um, Willem Dafoe, like just imagine the hilarity of Willem Dafoe um, at Macy's. Um, doing some shopping, and someone's husband is eyeing his tits, and he just sort of covers them up and goes, "Oh, perverts!" It would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Everyone will laugh. You need some more Danny DeVito. I have a counter oh, pitch. You need a counter pitch. Let's I have a counter pitch. Oh, you have a counter pitch. Okay. Let's hear it. Willem Dafoe stars as Charles in <laughs> Child's Play. All grown up. Lucky as an adult. Whoa. With the red yeah. hair and like the, the rosy cheeks and everything and the oh, animatronic yeah. skin and all that. Yeah. Let that would be, be terrible. action. Willem Dafoe shrunken down to like a, a 12, maybe, I don't know, 18 inch doll. But like a, he'd be a grown up. It'd be like Indian in the cupboard. He'd be, have the red hair. He'd have the overalls and he'd be killing people. And he just has a job or something? I like, or how does he, he just hides in a really big closet? Where's... It's just like a live action Chucky, but it's with like a small Willem Dafoe. Oh, he's small! Yeah! Oh! I mean, he'd be like, it'd be like my size Chucky, but with Willem Dafoe playing him. I, I don't know how tall Willem Dafoe is. Yeah. That is interesting. That's... Let me, um, if you don't mind, please, you know. Oh, by let, all means. Yeah, please. Let me take that idea, right? Um, rejig it a little, okay? Keep all that. I love what you're doing with it, Max. Absolutely love it. Um, okay. Let's okay. just yeah. Let me just like put a bow on this present, please. Um, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Chucky, all grown up, right? Does all his murder. It's... Does all his dolls. Wakes up one day. He's got tits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I saw that coming, but I still. Couldn't wait for it to happen when you said it. <laughs> Call it Charles playing with my tits. You know what? You know what? I've got Brett Ratner on the other line, and he is sounding interested. What should I tell him? Should Fucking I tell Ratner? Yeah, Brett Ratner is all over this project. He's he's he would actually direct something like this. I shouldn't joke. What did he make? He made that X Men movie. He made Rush Hour. Oh uh, yeah. He did. He did Rush Hour three. And here's a little a little fun fact. Um, who's that guy? The fucking the rapist who made the piano. And Rosemary's Baby. Uh, Roman Polanski. Uh, yeah. Roman, Roman Polanski was in Rush Hour 3. And in what? Rush Hour 3, he plays a French customs official. And his entire part in the movie is shoving his hand up Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan's ass. Oh, wow. I'm, that really I'm happened? Not, I'm not making that up. That sounds like a joke. He actually, apparently he ran into Brett Ratner when they were filming and was like, Oh, I love your movies. And it's like, it's fucking... <laughs> It's fucking Brett Ratner. That's and, grotesque. Yeah. yeah. He sounds perfect to direct. <laughs> yeah. or Suit it, boot it, trumpet, toot it. We have got a fucking movie, folks. <laughs> okay, there'll be another one of those next week. <laughs> oh, oh, there really probably won't. Um, <laughs> there might be. I hope there is. 
I'm going to think of a good one. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, me too. And it's the fun family game that anyone can play. <laughs> um, I thought, we need more regular sections. I was also going to do a character called Gay Person, but I'm not going to do that. Because that, <laughs> that was too offensive. <laughs> right. Don't nuke him forever. Let's, let's talk about something classy now, please. Yeah, video game. <laughs> Don't Nukem Forever. forever. This, it's a game you played, Jim. It's a game I played. It is yeah. probably the biggest story of the week thus far. Um, Duke Nukem Forever did not get the, I'd say, desired results that maybe Randy Pitchford was hoping for when he borderline threatened reviewers by saying they'd be held accountable for lowballing it. Um, in fact, Randy went on uh, record as suggesting that 7 would be the low end of scores for Duke Nukem Forever because he sincerely believes that the game is awesome. Um, it's currently sitting at, I think, 48 on Metacritic. And, oh, it was 50 last time I looked, and yeah, that was before you viewed it. This morning it's at 48. In no small part, thanks to 1UP, and there's 0 out of 10. Whoa, I yeah. didn't know about that. I mean, it's there's two 2 out of 10s now, me and some, like, other site, like a, I don't know what the site is, um, apologies. And one up, they gave it a fucking zero. So the game's at 48 or 47. Um, not perhaps the result Randy was expecting because it turns out people don't love Duke Nukem as much as he loves Duke Nukem. Um, well, maybe I th- they do. I mean, I don't think they would give a zero to a game that just came out of nowhere and sucked. They'd be like, oh, the game sucks. Give it a two. But since. 12 years of hype and love of the character and apparently just dropping the ball on living up to all that hype. Um, I'm assuming that's why they went as low as that. I think people's expectations had a lot to do with it. Yeah, exactly. But also, I've just heard that it's a completely shit game. It's it's an awful... I mean, here's the thing, and a lot of people have have sort of quoted this. Um, Conrad was the guy who said it. It's like, when Jim Sterling says that something's disgusting, it's fucking... (laughs) Roman Polanski sticking his fist up Chris Rock, disgusting. Uh, it's I think it was Chris Tucker, but close Chris Tucker, that made me sound racist. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> they both have high voices as well. That's why I thought they were the same. Oh, sure. Um, oh, God, see, I've ruined myself now. Anyway, the point is, is the game isn't just bad. I mean, it is bad to play. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's also just fucking offensive. And it's not... I don't care. I've actually got, um, as we record this, I've got an article going up in eight minutes' time that argues that Duke Nukem is not a parody. Um, Because people keep saying it's a parody. There was this one guy on Twitter, he's like, well, you know, you you say you don't think it's funny, but it's a parody. Um, You're supposed to get it. And I said to him, what's it parodying? Demonstrate to me that Duke Nukem is a parody and not the exact thing that you're saying it's parodying. And all he could say in return was, it's obvious. No, it's not. If you if you can't tell me and I can't see it, it's not fucking obvious. Otherwise, we'd all get it. Um, as far as huh. I can tell, Duke Nukem does not parody anything because nothing is like what he is. The idea of parody is you take an existing thing and you stretch it to ludicrous extremes, or you do something funny with it to highlight how bad it is, or or you know what there is in it to be made fun of. But sure. as far as I can tell, like the action heroes he's supposed to be mocking don't act that way. They don't <laughs> treat women like shit, and they don't steal their lines from other films. Um, 
that like I can I compare um, in the article at least I compared Duke Nukem to the Simpsons' McBain character. Uh, you look at McBain, <laughs> you can tell he's a fucking parody. Like he, the, the the lines he comes up with, like you know, I am thinking of holding another meeting in bed. It's, <laughs> it's deliberately shit, and you compare that to Duke Nukem. Whose lines consist of things like, you know, Hail to the King, baby, which is stolen from Army of Darkness. It's like, just right. mimicking is not parodying, just a straight up copy. I mean, it would qualify as plagiarism at best. And, mm. and that's my biggest problem with Duke Nukem. So when the time comes to have that scene set in an alien nest where women are being raped by giant penises, but it's not played for laughs because the women are like genuinely crying in pain and just look utterly humiliated. By the time Duke Nukem sees two of these girls who are clearly in great distress and just says, looks like you're fucked, he comes across as a fucking sociopath. Whoa. I didn't find it funny. I found it kind of disturbing. And it's, Right. And you like a lot. I mean, you liked Mad World. You thought that was funny. I thought Mad World was fun. Because you liked was, um, No More Heroes. You thought, And that's pretty violent. And Yeah, because it was so yeah, over there. the top. It, there was right. this over the top thing to it. Duke is so understated. And John St. John, as an actor... Mm-hmm. sounds so emotionless and flat that it's hard to take the game as anything but sincerity. And when you look at these women being basically raped, the joke seems to just be rape. <laughs> like, that for them is enough. These women are being tortured. There's the joke. And, and that, doesn't quite, that doesn't work. And it, it's not parody. That's just a, a sequence of events. And, and that's kind of what I was what I'm worried about because I don't know whether Gearbox is trying to make me laugh or whether I'm supposed to high-five them and say, that Duke's fucking awesome. I wish Ah. I was him. I think they just trolled us. (laughs) (laughs) I really think it's just a really good troll. Yeah, just like, we're gonna, like the room. Like, like, because they still made a bunch of money off of it because so many people pre-ordered it, right? I assume so. I mean, I I, I would assume most of the people who purchased it were pre-orders. Yeah. After hearing about how terrible it was. We haven't heard how well it sold yet, I don't think, though. So No, it, it charted number one in the UK. I mean, there is no oh, doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt the game will sell well. Because as, huh. as Randy Pitchford says, you know, oh, it's a piece of gaming history. Everyone must have it. And that kind of marketing fucking works on people. And mm. I don't think history is going to remember it fondly, though. I think everyone's going to buy it. But when people think of it in a year's time, there, there's going to be a lot of shame there. Maybe it'll be one of those things that we tell our grandkids about, like, 50 years from now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to sit my grandson on my knee and be like, remember that time I played that game with the rapes? (laughs) Oh, boy. That was quite a time. We were um, very disappointed in the rape game. Yep. Somebody asked me to compare it to Bulletstorm, and I was just like, why? There's nothing to compare. The thing is, Bulletstorm is already pretty much, I think, forgotten. That's kind of... I mean, they're, well, they're they probably going to do, do a that sequel. Because you were because a very... I, Bulletstorm, that game, as far as humor, it didn't even try to be funny. If you play, play that game muted and uh, ignore the names of the skill shots, it's not really a funny game. It's just like a slightly unique visual approach, which still isn't that big a departure from anything. It's like they were afraid to try anything, like, full on. And, I mean, even then, it wasn't really the most innovative idea. It was like you can... You can kick people little... in the face, and you have a lasso. Like that's that was okay. I mean, yeah, it was it was very mediocre. Whereas Duke Nukem Forever, obviously, I mean, not not a great not a great game. Nothing innovative or 
mind blowing here. It would easily make a good you know a good page in a history book about video games because what the fuck is it? It's been going on for like thirteen years and it just came out and everyone's mad about it. And I think that uh, I don't know. I I'm trying to figure out what it's. What the fuck is that noise? What, what is that noise? You. That was me. Someone was fidgeting with that. I touched something. You and those chewy lemon heads. I love them. Tara, put away the fucking chocolate chips. Jesus Christ. I put Christ. those away like 45 minutes ago. Put them ago. in the fucking cabinet. Good God. <laughs> Specifically the cabinet. Nowhere else. Jeez, yeah, I was, I was, um, I'm really torn on the subject of Duke Nukem because, I mean, I want to like it. Jim, am I under the right impression that you don't like Duke Nukem as a character? Is that... I used to. Um, and again, this is what this is, the article that's going up in one minute now is um, about, is how okay. I liked Duke Nukem, but after playing Duke Nukem Forever and then going back and revising the character, I realized I didn't like Duke Nukem. I liked the idea of Duke Nukem that I think gamers have built up in, in their collective consciousness. I think there are very two very different Duke Nukems. There's the Duke Nukem that Randy Pitchford wants us to believe in, of this over-the-top, cigar-chewing, takes-no-shit, like, ludicrously heroic, every-man-wants-to-be-him, kind of chip-banging, nut-kicking hero. And there's the actual Duke Nukem, who takes part in rather mundane combat sequences and just says move like lines ripped out from Army of Darkness. Okay. The real Duke Nukem, I think, is just, like, his dialogue is derivative, and he's not a parody so much as, as this anomaly, this this hateful, sociopathic anomaly, who, again, like, the stuff John St. John and the way he says it, you know, just, I've got balls of steel. It's like, that's not... It's not funny, and it's not even played in a funny way. And... I think if you strip away the ideal of the Duke Nukem, of, of this sort of fake one that we've all kind of built up together, and look at who he actually is as a character, he's nothing. There's nothing to him. He's, there's mm. about as much personality as there is in, in Ted Bundy or Ed Gein, once you take away what society has built up those people to be. Or Mario. Oh. I put a lot of thought into this. Like I've I've been thinking about it, and I I can't really I can't defend. I want to defend the character. Um, it was the first first person shooter character that was actually a like trying to be someone. It wasn't just the faceless space marine or the guy from Wolfenstein. And like a lot of this is is very much like okay okay pretend it's 1996. Like like I. I I realize this is like a bullshit argument to an extent. But I was this. watching I was watching Beavis and Butthead last night and it kind of it kind of dawned on me. It's it's a very rough like it's almost as though Duke Nukem exists so that you can make fun of the people who genuinely appreciate Duke Nukem. <laughs> are there people I mean Oh yeah, movie. there are people who are like the Duke kicks ass and it's like I occasionally am one of those people. But I, I remember seeing this uh, this headline in The Onion. It was like some old article. And it was like, new MTV show about idiots who watch MTV. Big hit among idiots who watch MTV. And it was talking about Beavis and Butthead. And I remember right. as like a stupid 11-year-old watching Beavis and Butthead being like, hey, fire, fire is cool. And I'm like looking back on it, I'm like, that's just making fun of teenagers. Because teenagers oh, yeah. are fucking retarded. 
And like, <laughs> but Duke when Nukem you is... were a retarded teenager, you didn't see that you were being made fun of. You were just like, I legitimately want to be like Beavis and Butthead. Is that exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The trouble. Um, this... Oh, sorry. Duke Nukem oh. is like if Beavis and Butthead designed an action hero. In fact, in in Duke Nukem 3D, one of the cheat code for for God mode was DN Cornholio. The thing is, like, Duke Nukem's character gets really tired after a while because there's, there's nothing, nothing there. passionate about his character at all. Like, well, there's right. nothing, there's nothing there. They're it's, trying it's to. Like, it's like the guys who still continue to make, like, like if you comment somewhere on the internet and allude to the fact that you're a female, it's like the guys who still say, get back to the kitchen and make me a sandwich. It's like, that it joke Not only is it old, like six yeah. Years ago. Well, and it's just douchey, yeah. Douche yeah. and old. Old douche. I think that the, the thing is they're trying to create a bigger, more realistic world around Duke, but Duke is staying the same character. Um, well, was he ever this douchey before? I remember him just shooting Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. I think he, was, he was always, you know, your face, your ass, what's the difference? Eat shit and die. Like, the catchphrases were always stupid, and they were always quoting stuff that was out of date. It fucking makes me want to tear my hair out when people are like, um, yeah, he talks about, uh, pork chop, was that, was that your article, Jim, when pork chop sandwiches? No, that was Ben Kachero. No, that was Ben Kachero. Yeah, the pork chops, it's like, okay, it's a dated joke. Guess what the first, like, the last game had? It had a ton of dated jokes. The thing is, that doesn't make it good, though, because there is a, there's a thing in Duke Nukem Forever when they mention, like, America, and he sings the Team America song, and I, I wanted to eat my own teeth. Yeah, that was pretty lame. Just going, America, fuck yeah. I'm like, don't do that, you silly little man. It re- oh, I just, oh, my knuckles have turned white just thinking about it. Um, yeah. ew. But going back it's, to your point, though. It's like if you left, it's like if you left a child in a room with nothing but, like, American action movies and, and Beavis and Butthead to watch, and they'd watch these things but with no context as to why they're funny in relation to other things. Mm, I mean, like, there is no there is no parody there because it isn't making fun of anything. It's just exactly. I think the Duke Nukem in, in existence as itself is like is a parody. It got released. People bought it. It's a real thing. That's fucking hilarious. That's <laughs> like game, what Tara was saying. Look at the fucking game. Parody like, of itself. Yeah, it's like Tara's like, saying. It's just a huge troll. Par- just parodies the earlier Duke Nukem games, basically. Really? Well, I think Duke Nukem creates a problem that it then pretends to parody. I think that's uh. that's the main... Like, Max, you said that um, Beavis and Butthead are a parody of teenagers, and the kind of guys yeah. that watch MTV. And that's very fair, because the fact is those stereotypes definitely exist and are easily observable. And when we watch Beavis and Butthead say and do stupid things, we know that we used to say and do similar stupid things. With Duke Nukem, there's not that relativity there. Um, you, they say he's a spoof of action heroes. I cannot remember um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone being like that, like ever. I don't see. I don't see the parody because he's not parodying anything that we relate to, and just copying lines from Army of Darkness and, and other action films just isn't enough to qualify as a parody. It's straight up mimicry. I think it's the most juvenile game ever made, and I think it's brilliant in that sense. Um, if you look at if you look at Mario, Mario's never changed. He's always been this fucking plumber who runs around shouting vaguely Italian like slogans, and it's like they haven't tried to really flesh him out there. And Duke Nukem started out as this like, it's like the, the first Duke Nukem game. It's like he's running around picking up footballs and radios and blowing up robots, and there were like a few jokes about how he had to get home to watch Oprah or something. Like it was it was always this. 
it was like a third grader's comic strip. And I know because I have comics I drew in third grade that were kind of like that. And Duke Nukem <laughs> 3 was before... like... Huh? He didn't even wear sunglasses at first, right? He was just a guy in a blue tank he top. Was just, he was just orange, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it was just like, how do we make him cooler? And it just becomes this weirdly, like, almost... It, it's like putting a layer of cool on top of this existing cool, but none of it's actually cool, and it just becomes... It kind of rots from the inside. Um... And it's like, how do we make him cooler? Um, let's have him go to strip clubs and uh, and drink beer, and he does steroids, and uh, and he quotes he quotes action movies. Yeah, let's have that. And then he he rips off a guy's head and he shits in his neck, and then he he kicks his eyeball through a field goal. And it's like, pretend you're pitching this game, then it's funny. Pretend well, that's you're the trying thing. to explain why this game is good. And then- the thing is, you just made it funny. Mm-hmm. Don't Nukem as a guy. Don't Nukem forever itself does not do that legwork. You have to do that legwork in order to make it artificially funny. If they'd have communicated that in the game, if they'd have gone some way to show some evidence that anybody at 3D Realms, Paramabits, Triptych, or Gearbox actually knew what they were doing and knew that what they were doing was shit rather than awesome, I would have no problem with some of the humour in that game. Or, Well, I, I deign to call it humour for the purposes of argument. I'd have had no problem with it. The thing about if you're going to do satire or parody, there's got to be some evidence there that someone can point to to say, you know, they knew this was their point. With Duke Nukem, I do not see that point, if you Mm. see what I mean. Um, It's definitely funny to think about, say, Randy Pitchford, like, eating Haagen-Dazs while high-fiving himself about how (laughs) awesome Duke Nukem is. (laughs) But unless that's in the game, if the game had... If I'd have played through... All that shit. And at the very end, it's just Randy Pitchford in his underpants just going, Woo! <laughs> I'd have given it probably a 10 out of 10. <laughs> if it was all an elaborate joke. But there's... It, it's the fact I do not see a joke in Duke Nukem that gives me this this problem with it. Huh, similar to what you were saying about art games, how if you need it to be explained to you, then you failed to, to really send your message in an effective way. Yeah. And if you need the joke of Duke Nukem to explain, oh, we're, we're just being stupid because, you know, that's funny for us to just be awful. If you know that- how there are, there are B-movies, and there are, there are, like, movies that are just brilliant because they're so bad, you know, Plan 9 mm-hmm. from Outer Space, Manos, The Hands of Fate, stuff like that, like Mystery Science Theater shit. There's stuff like that. And then that in itself created almost a demand for bad movies, and then you get these... These ones that are done by like the Sci-Fi Channel that are like you know Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, uh, sure. And it's like they're bad movies, but they're done without any care. Exactly. The best bad movies are the ones that are done with care, but they're so off track that it's like someone actually at one point or another cared what they were doing and was trying to make something good, and that's sure. why it's so much fun to tear it apart. And I I think that Duke Nukem is is probably it's it's in the former category. Well, to, to um, me, Duke Nukem Forever is, is up there with uh, with Wild Wild West as far as movies go. Like, huh. It's mm. so generous. If it was done on a lower budget, it would be like, God damn it, the cat is attacking my neck. Sorry. You want to love Duke Nukem. Like, you have this tone in your voice. Like, come on, Duke Nukem. I, uh, you know, like you're attached to him. Like, he's your uncle. No, I am attached you're- to him. It was like a character that I thought was genuinely really badass when I was in fifth grade. And like, as I've grown up, I'm like... If if that guy existed in real life, he would be like in jail so many times over, and everyone would hate him. 
Yeah, he like, had like eight DUIs. He's the fucking he's the max hardcore of fucking video yeah, game characters. Really Just and and I don't find that funny. I find it sleazy and kind of creepy in a way. And then, again, this is coming from a guy who I mean, just the shit I've said on Podtoid since we restarted it should <laughs> should indicate I've got no problem with offensive humor and sort of out there comedic um, statements and, and and personas, but. It's the it's the sense of sincerity I get when I think of Duke Nukem and I look at him and I hear John St. John's performance. Just this hint of, of seriousness, of we genuinely believe this guy is someone to admire that really huh. puts me off. Well what the reason the, Well the reason that there's no there's no there's rarely good comedy or like I mean there's a lot of a lot of bad bad shit comes out of video games, I think. because because they're so comedy frequently ones. Comedy-wise, uh, serious drama-wise, um, like story-wise, in some cases, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff too, obviously. But one of the one of the biggest things is you can't write comedy in a vacuum. Like you can't mm. you cannot write good comedy in a vacuum because if you sit there laughing at your own jokes, you will eventually they'll just become stagnant and like it's like it's like humor incest. Like it just becomes this horrible like inbred like thing, and there's there's no outside interaction. And the way video games are developed, they take so long to make them. Um, they almost they almost cannot be relevant by the time they actually come out. And yeah. there's there's too many too many moving parts and too much preparation involved. And it's like if you spent five years rehearsing the same topical joke about you know Viagra or something, and then came out and said it, you get booed off stage. Whereas yeah, a movie yeah. a movie That's takes a, maybe you know, a unless year you deliberately came out and told it in the most awkward, shitty way possible, then I just thought it, I'd think it was fantastic. Um, because, sure. I, you know, I, I appreciate knowing shittiness, um, which is why I tell people we do pod joint. But it's, you know, there's knowing, knowing what you're doing as you're doing it, 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 there's a big difference between that and what I think Duke Nukem is, where I, I just don't think they know. Uh, I do not think yeah, really? they know what I, they're doing. I, so let's let's I not tear it apart. They, Sorry, go ahead. I I just the reason I'm barely uh, interested, even out of curiosity, to play is I feel like I've already played it. I feel like they've just gone by the book and doesn't sound like they were particularly inspired. Just like oh well, what do people want out of Duke Nukem? Oh, they want the one-liners. Oh, let's just steal some then. Oh, they want some movie parodies. We'll just set it in some movie type areas uh, you know it just doesn't seem like they were excited about making it and if they had the the humor would probably come across a lot more it just seems kind of like well, I, a, think, a I think my gearbox thing. i think my gearbox went wrong is they intended and they said this repeatedly they went um by 3d realms vision untouched um and i huh. think i think duke nukem could be an excellent character i really do but i don't think he can while he's shackled to this original vision for him, because that original vision just has no place um, in yeah, and it was any created by society. What I've read about the creation of Duke Nukem Forever by 3D Realms is they, it was a very humorless, like, huge board meetings of we have to calculate the perfect joke that will resonate with the demographic and, you know, any sort of inspiration or, or joy of the character itself was just choked out from this need to um, make sure they hit their numbers and exactly I mean, that's not that's not funny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't. Brian Brian Provinciano, who's doing the Retro City Rampage, I think that he's going to make a really funny game because he's like 
he's got the freedom to like talk to people and be like, is this funny? Does this work? Like, can I put this in sure. here? I'm going to put this in here. Fuck it. I'm putting it in here. Whereas having a bunch exactly. of assholes Just... sitting around a fucking conference room being like, we have to target this audience. Like, guess who writes comedy like that? Nobody. You know, right. how do you make, you know, do you make a good action movie like that? Not so much. Like, I, I you think. You don't make that, a good anything, really. No, not really. Maybe right. a good cleaning product, yeah. but. Yeah, that's about it. I, I, I think it's, we're going to have to really move on. Okay. <laughs> I, because I've, I've got to post a fucking all new review guide by five, and I've got 45 okay. minutes. Oh, uh, we're doing a new review guide? Yeah, of course we are. Um, oh, so outdated. I wrote that review guide in like 2008. Um, I so remember it, when it needs revising. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Max, I will let you have your final thought though. My final thought: watch the movie Idiocracy and then play Duke Nukem forever. Whoa! That seems like terrible that, advice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, it. It does seem like the kind of game that would be in a movie like Idiocracy about how games suck, but then you just get to play the full game. Okay. Then you realize that that the game isn't in the movie Idiocracy, and that it's a real life game. Yeah, yeah, that we are Idiocracy now. Yeah. <laughs> and then awesome. you go out and you you pre order Modern Warfare Three. What are you gonna do? I'm not doing it. I'm gonna yeah. get Shadows of the Dam instead. That looks good. Shadows of the Dam does look fun. Step in the yeah. right direction. And again, Shadows of the Dam. That is a game where. It's, they know. it's taken to extremes and absurdity, and that's, you know, that's what I like out of my parody. Something, yeah. you know, I want a big squawking demon whose only line of dialogue is fuck you over and over again in this really evil, <laughs> fuck you! Like, that's funny. <laughs> that, my friend, is high comedy. Um, yeah, that game's good. As are talking skull gums. I, oh, yeah, and the, yeah. have you seen the uh, the demon shop owner? He's like, hey, how are you? The boner! Yeah. <laughs> La boner. Okay, let's let's get these fucking questions done. Um, Epic KX Detoid. So, bit uh, redundant putting Detoid in your name when you're on Detoid. We, we know who you're. We know who you're repping. Um, he's got questions for all of us. Um, Scofill, did you bedazzle your uh, Duke Nukem Forever belt buckle like I did? How do you fucking bedazzle? No, I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't dazzle a belt buckle. Okay. You can put a little spark on there. Get some glitter glue. God damn it. You could write Max on it. Aw, would be cute. Max's belt you could put on it. <laughs> I have bedazzled underwear. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. He knows that too. Epic's been following me on Twitter for a while. I have bedazzled date night underwear. It's got it's got like zebras and keyboards on it, and then there's a neon pink elastic waistband, and I bedazzled the words rad. <laughs> <laughs> Gold rhinestones on there. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Max is the best person. Um, I'm so good at having sex with girls, it's incredible. Oh, God. <laughs> Wish you could be like him, Max. <laughs> You've got big guns of steel. jobs. Oh dear. Okay, Tara, question for you from us. Um, what game would you say that you love a fuck ton but is pretty underrated in the industry today? Spider Solitaire. Wait, Can what? I choose that as a legit answer? Do you yeah. guys know what is that that game? The thing yeah, is, like, it's hard don't... for me to. Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you, you. You yeah. look like you had a serious response to my. 
I have emotions about this, but I'm going to hold on to them. Oh, I would like to know yours. I was just going to say that most of the play, most of the games that I play these days are kind of like bigger titles. So in the industry today, I don't know if I would have an answer for that question, but yeah, I don't know. I okay. Now it's time for feelings. Yeah. Uh, for years, <laughs> I've been around, um, you know, normal adults, different from our subculture that we exist in, and they they often ask me, "So, what do you do in your off time?" I'm like, "Oh, I spend you know almost every waking hour that I'm not at my day job trying to do stuff for this video game website." They're like, "Video games? Why? I hate video games." While they're playing solitaire on a computer, it's a legit oh, game. A video game. No, it's a video game. They, but they won't admit that they like video games. Oh, I play some Tetris. I play Solitaire all day. I play online poker. But yeah, I hate video games. But they play games. Facebook games, too. The shitty ones. Now they do. This is all before Facebook games. Yeah, but... Even when uh, there's just... some shit. It's interesting that uh, Cracked recently did an article. Um, it was about like ways in which the industry is dying or whatever. Um, interesting article. Didn't agree with all of it. But they pointed out that the, the term video game is so vague now. Like, no one knows what it is. So you can say you can be fucking playing Tetris and say you hate video games while thinking about say modern warfare or something. Um, yeah, exactly. And but to me, that's like saying I hate books while you're reading a book. I mean, you might hate some books. You it's might like hate saying you hate people. reading while you're reading a magazine. Exactly. Because. Perfect. Much better than my analogy. Thank you. Of course. My favorite book is magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Holmes. Don't you subscribe? Epic's got a question for Jonathan Hearns. Street Fighter... Okay. Is it Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they're calling it? It is. Yeah, Street Fighter Cross is. Tekken. Uh, which character would you like to see? Oh, which character who hasn't been announced would I like to see? Uh, that's tough. Karen would be perfect from Street Fighter Alpha 3 because she basically... She's more like a DOA character, but she does have a lot of juggles. Um, so that would be a good fit. Well, she's like a uh, DLA character. She better have some juggles. Because <laughs> of, right? of her massive was... mammaries, yes. Fuck yeah. High five, Jim. You did it. It's funny. The, we've talked about Duke Nukem so much that we kind of are becoming Duke Nukem. It's a little depressing. <laughs> it's all right, though. I'm not depressed. I feel Hail good. Hail to the king. Uh, yeah, it's oh, like God. death now I have after nightmares. that. Uh, Look at me, I picked this. up some poop. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> the, the, the most shocking thing about him picking up that shit is because he says, um, like, oh, I'm picking up human feces. I'm surprised he knew what the word feces meant. That was the biggest shock of that. When does he pick up human feces? He picks up human feces in that game? At the beginning of the game, you can choose to pick up some poo and he'll tell you off for it. That sounds good. Is that like the best part? That is the funniest part of the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, it might okay. be a terrible game, but we are still discussing it and laughing ourselves. Yes. Like, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I'd, I'd have to give that question more thought. Karen comes off the top of my head, but there's a million Street Fighter characters I'd love to see. Cracker Jack from the EX series. I always liked him. Skullomania. You guys familiar with this stuff? How's this is that name? the guy? The guy in the skeleton suit? Yeah, he's got him. a little scarf on. Yeah. yeah, a little eight. I want the skeleton. <laughs> I just love skeletons in general. I want them in everything. Yeah, me too. There should be more skeletons, video games. All right, so yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. 
Uh. <laughs> that, was, that was a nice little moment. I was filled with suspense during the quiet. And then I just heard Jim go, ah. Um, he asked me, I don't know, oh, who would I like to see die in Gears of War 3? Um, I don't know. I like... Maria. Dom. Dom. He gets on my fucking wick. I thought he was, wasn't he voted to die or something? Oh, no, that was, um, they voted over Carmine. There, there's a character oh. Carmine in every game who dies. Um, but I think they voted for him to survive. But I want Dom to die because he's just, oh, look at me, I've grown a beard because I am sad. <laughs> I like the main guy who died there. What is so that? What is I that? don't know. I, I'm interested in that. Like fucking cockroaches scratching at things. <laughs> My cat is scratching on something, but I don't think it's that. I have a cat who's, uh... Ah, all right, she's gone. Oh, I've got no time for this. Um, yeah. hey, hey, Ricochet says, What games of E3 do you feel haven't gotten hyped as much as they should? Games of E3? Hmm. There's a lot of games I wish were at E3. I was really sad to not see The Last Guardian or Nino Kuni or Last Story or any of those Wii games people have been wanting to see localized. Uh, but in terms of games at E3 that didn't get enough attention, hmm. well, all the Wii games got overshadowed by the Wii U, that's for sure. That Kirby game looks pretty good, but no one paid attention to it, the new Kirby Wii game. I was really impressed by all of the um, XBLA games that they had for their Summer of Arcade thing. Oh, yeah? I didn't even get to see them. What, what yeah, we they had um, a few. They had, like, Misplosion Man there you could play. Um, Bastion, which is this game that Conrad told me about, which is actually kind of adorable. Yeah. Um, they had From Dust there. Oh, Renegade cool. Ops, I think. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, Renegade, I didn't Renegade Ops Max is my, was is my was good. First, uh, first answer for that question. Yeah. It's like, it just looks like fun. Like, it's, t- it's ten bucks. Like, I, I spend that much money on, like, fucking cookies. You know, I don't know. That's... It's not much money. It's a good deal. It looks really neat. Would you really make fun of me for eating a bag of chocolate chips? Oh, yeah, that sounds so good. You're just eating the chips? I could eat yeah, a bag of sugar and doing. flour and chocolate chips, or I could eat a fucking That's cookie. what I was doing in the beginning of the show. And then, until they ridiculed yeah, me and laughed at me, called me fatty, made me put them What's away. What's your favorite snack? Ingredients. <laughs> I like ingredients. <laughs> Salt. And sugar. <laughs> I would just eat that sugar. I can mm. just eat sugar out of a bag, honestly. I've eaten packets of sugar, like they were a, oh, a weird totally. sort of um, wonton of sugar, but the paper You're was. Enough, the... Why not? Yeah, it tastes good. What's the complaint about? Oh, nothing. Oh, we're in total agreement. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about again? Video we games. We were talking about uh, games that we didn't that weren't hyped as much as they should. We talk been, so like, much really? utter fucking shit. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Shadows of the Damned, I wish that was hyped more, but that was barely at E3, and it's coming out next week, so it's probably too late. I think that's the problem with those games that are coming out so soon after E3 or during E3, is I don't know whether they think they'll get more exposure because all the press is in one place, but people don't want to cover a game that's out the next week. They're wasting their time there. It's like, it's so close to the review. Um, As far as Shadows of the Damned went, a lot of people already had review copies um, if they had a dev kit. So they, they felt no need to go and see it, and and that's a problem. It's like, don't... 
be careful where you fucking stick games. So many games came out in June this month, and I think it was a mistake. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I can see that. But yeah, I would I would second the Renegade Ops as as my choice because that game looks really fucking fun. Uh, okay, that's I don't know if any of you guys have played this, but um, Agent Arsenic said uh, which a little indie game was more fun, beautiful, or sexy, uh, Journey or From Dust, which I never got to see either of them. Mm. At the I was too busy, but I saw From Dust. Um, I don't know if I'd call it sexy, but it's fun <laughs> and it's pretty. I didn't get Journey to play Journey though. I wish I had seen Journey. Huh. Journey they looks, weren't, they also both. weren't showing off a whole lot of From Dust. I think it was just like one level that was kind of all so, just sand. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was, you know? From Dust looks, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's like a sim- simulation. You're, you're controlling a world, which is cool. Yeah, you play as like God. There's, there's like no mystery there. It's just kind of like... It's, well, it's a puzzle game. Yeah, I mean... Journey, the way Hamza described it, seriously sounds like I love old ga- I love old games where it would just drop you into something and you have to kind of figure your shit out on your own. And that just it looks really mysterious and cool and kind of weird. And like I'm really excited about that and kind of pissed it's a PS3 exclusive. It yeah. also looks way less oh, game yeah. than flower. <laughs> <laughs> game is so lame. I like flower. Have you guys? I like it. It's, it's I don't fun and pretty. I, yeah, I, I didn't feel compelled to play it for very long, though. Um, I would give it... That's a tough one. From Dust and Journey are pretty different. Um, From Dust actually does have a lot of mystery to it, because even though you know who you are, you're kind of this uh, all-powerful being. You don't know who the people are that you're trying to protect, and they do all sorts of screwed-up stuff. They, um, If you help them to like form a band, they can stop a tsunami probably didn't see that coming. So, yeah, th- that game's got some mystery to it too. Though Journey's hard to uh hard to ignore because it's just so well done in terms of art direction. That's probably why you're so sold on it, Max, because it just looks yep. great. Yeah. The yeah. art direction's fantastic. Also, than- I don't I, I I get over games where you're like trying to help little people. I mean, the whole fun of SimCity was fucking shit up. Well, you can do that too. You can I'm uh, sure you can, but like I'm sure the objective is to like not do that. You know? Yeah, you just want to progress in the game. Yeah. Right. Like That's stupid. Over. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> I like with points. <laughs> I like your objectives. I hate how the fucking first-person shooters make me shoot people in first-person. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, Uber Mashu says, um, I don't know why I'm doing this because this is going to ruin what he wanted us to do, but, um, I somehow blagged a job interview with the UK's official PlayStation magazine this past Tuesday and I'm convinced it did not go well. I was a terribly frightened and nervous mess throughout. I guess I've always just considered a job writing about video games as something far out of my reach. <laughs> I've seen some of the blogs, it really isn't. Um, you all got a heavy mention when asked about sites and video game personalities I'm fond of, and I'm convinced they listen to this show. I know it's asking a lot and you've no real reason to, but could you give me, Matthew Barnes, a shout-out endorsement, please, as one last desperate attempt to gain their employ? Whoa, he, he really... I have a friend named Matthew Barnes who I went to high school with, who's a different Matthew Barnes from that one... But he was nice, so... <laughs> start? No, Matt, uh, Matthew Barnes tweeted at me a couple times, and I remember it being helpful and not irritating, so that's uh, that's something, I guess. I... 
Give him a job. Give him a job. <laughs> people, I'm, there are people at PlayStation Magazine that know me. I've met them before. Give him a job. Go on. Just, <laughs> just be cool, right. man. Just, in fact, Matthew, yourself, just go to them again and just say Jim Sterling said it was okay and they can start paying you on Wednesday. <laughs> just tell them I said it was okay. Your Uncle Jim's going to sort you out, mate. Don't you worry about it. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that was a well-written um, post that he did. So, yeah. I like felt nervous. Don't, no, that's right. They, they can't see that. Oh, <laughs> shit. ruined it now. Fuck, oh. fired. Fuck. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> right, I'm going to put a cap on this because I've got to get that review guide done. Um, and Max has dropped, so... Max dropped? Yeah. Well, that's sad. Yeah. That's, that's the end of him. He's, <laughs> he's dead now. If he calls back, let's just not pick up. Yeah, let's just f- go away, Max. <laughs> oh. He started to come back to life, Max. I was happy to hear that. I was worried about him when the show first started. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to tell you guys to play Pond. Have you played Pond? Nope. You should play Pond. Okay. Okay. When we were talking about art games at the beginning of the show. What's it on? Uh, it's uh, just a free Flash game, I think. If you look, if you write Pond game into Google, it'll just be the first thing, I bet. Oh, okay. It's Pond with, I think, a zero for the O. Oh, yeah. It's like um, a capital... Is it? I can't tell. Zero and a capital... Yeah, o. you're right. It's like, a zero, yeah. I think. Yeah, just play it. It'll take you like ten minutes, oh, but it'll it'll be worth it. Ends the games as art debate. It does, Jim Sterling. Huh. It ends the debate. Check it out. And you, yeah, is Jim still here? or Did he die too? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. You want to wrap, wrap it up, right? Up. Yeah. Up. Sorry, I'm getting distracted already now. Um, well, thank you all for listening to Podsoid. And um, let me bring in Max just as I goodbye. Um, I've been your host, Jim Starling. I'd like to thank, as usual, Max and Tara and Jonathan Holmes for being on. Um, you can catch Max and Tara every other day during the week on the Destructoid Show, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can catch all of us just daily on Destructoid.com. Uh, that'll do. Bye. 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 You didn't even come on, look. Fucking oh, useless. <laughs> what is the point?